My name is Ben Leffler. I am a former uh, recovering city council candidate from District 9, Austin City Council. We've seen just, uh, you know, our campaigns are year, uh, are year to year, and we need something that is permanent, uh, that's putting out a progressive voice, that's putting out progressive messaging, that's activating people, that's doing all the things that a campaign can't do. Campaigns end. My campaign ended a little bit too early in my mind. <laughs> but we know that we have Progress Texas put out a positive message that's connecting Texans um, around uh, you know, progressive values. It's Tuesday, November 14th, 2023, and this is the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch. Rapid response on the breaking news stories Texas progressives need to know. I'm Chris Mosier. Pretty mild autumn so far across Texas, but colder weather is coming. And after the last three winters, one might think that the Texas power grid might have been beefed up for cold weather and should be good to go, right? Right? Wrong. Dominic Newland at KBUTV in Austin writes on a recent report from the North American Electric Reliability Corp, or NERC, that says that due to a lack of natural gas infrastructure, ERCOT is among several other grid operators nationwide that are found vulnerable to falling short this winter as the Texas grid remains susceptible to generators going offline under extreme cold conditions. We're not typically prone to panic here at Progress Texas, but this news should be plenty for all Texans to take at least the minimal steps to be ready to keep warm for at least a few days in cold weather without power. Unfortunately for most of us, it wouldn't be our first rodeo here in the 21st century in the supposed energy production capital of the world. Take heed, winter is coming. The announcement from West Virginia Democratic Senator Joe Manchin that he'll not run for re-election next year changes the math in the upper chamber in a troubling way for Democrats as that seat in all likelihood will be picked up by the Republicans, making the effort to oust Ted Cruz from the Senate more of a necessity than a luxury, writes Gromer Jeffers Jr. at the Dallas Morning News. Cruz, who will be seeking a third term, will face the winner of the March 5th Democratic primary, currently featuring U.S. Representative Colin Allred, State Senator Roland Gutierrez, State Representative Carl Sherman, and a few others. Thus far, Cruz doesn't have a major Republican challenger in his primary. The current Democratic advantage in the U.S. Senate is tenuous at best. Of the 100 members, 48 are Democrats and 49 are Republicans, but independents Bernie Sanders of Vermont and Angus King of Maine caucus with the Democrats, while Arizona independent Kirsten Sinema doesn't caucus at all, which gives the Democrats a 50 to 49 to 1 advantage. Thus, if the Republicans can gain two seats next year, they will take control of the Senate. Nathan Gonzalez, editor and publisher of the nonpartisan campaign analysis shop Inside Elections, says Cruz's seat is the only Republican Senate seat that his outfit has not graded as solid Republican. Adding, quote, right now we think Democrats have a better chance in Texas than they do in Florida, but both are still difficult races, unquote. Defeating Ted Cruz next year is no longer just a fun idea. It's of monumental importance, and it's time for Texas progressives to get serious. Topping the polls for the Dems against Cruz right now is the aforementioned U.S. Representative Colin Allred, who's featured in a new interview by Michael Atkinson at CBS Austin, in which Allred calls himself, quote, the most bipartisan member of the Texas delegation, unquote. Allred condemns Cruz's almost preternatural tendency to divide Texans and expresses opposition to our state's draconian abortion restrictions and the new trend of local abortion travel bans reiterates that border security remains a federal charge, the histrionics of Greg Abbott notwithstanding, and expressed a steadfast opposition to school vouchers. A worthy and curiously rare interview with Colin Allred to check out in the show notes.
A big win to report, as we mentioned yesterday, there was a school board meeting last night in Sherman, north of Dallas, where the local ISD has drawn national attention over its policy dictating that student actors in school plays must portray only characters who match the actor's gender at birth. Talia Richmond at the Dallas Morning News says that meeting was an emotional affair that saw a large public show of support for Max Hightower. The 17-year-old transgender male senior at the epicenter of the controversy as he was booted from the male lead of his theater department's production of Oklahoma over the policy. The big news is that following public comment last night, Sherman ISD trustees emerged from a lengthy closed session and voted on a total reversal, directing the superintendent to reinstate Sherman High students in the roles they held in the play at the beginning of the month prior to a decision to revoke their parts based on gender. They also directed the school to return to the original script rather than the abbreviated youth version officials had tried to sub in. Sherman School Board President Brad Morgan offered an apology to the students, parents, and community impacted by the ill-conceived policy, saying, quote, we understand that our decision does not erase the impact this has had on our community, unquote. Progress Texas asks you, dear listener, to consider carefully that the Sherman situation is a perfect example of a community opposing injustice and standing up for progressive values. Our hats are off to everyone who spoke up and showed up. We are impressed and inspired, and the show must go on. Right on cue, new writing from our friend Stephen Monticelli at the Texas Observer on Texas school boards and the right-wing ideologues who seek to take them over across our state, including an analysis of an interconnected network of political action committees largely funded by billionaires who support school privatization, which has quietly begun to transform the nature of local school board elections across Texas, including the Carroll ISD board, which has been packed with members backed by Patriot Mobile, a Christian nationalist phone company that financed the campaigns of three current Carroll trustees and political consultant Eric Leist, who has been active in supporting new ultra-conservative school board members in Carroll and neighboring school districts, who would go on to enact library book bans and roll back accommodations for LGBTQ plus students. Monticelli's reporting uncovers a wide network of similar PACs and conservative activists in a well-organized and well-underway effort to take over mostly suburban and rural school boards across Texas, a concerning read from the Texas Observer in the show notes, and still more reason for Texas progressives across the state to vote in every single election every single time. As we've mentioned, stupid laws lead to dangerous outcomes. Neelam Bora at the Texas Tribune reports on the consequences medically vulnerable Texans face now that employers have formally been banned from requiring their employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19, even those working in the healthcare space. The new measure, which Governor Greg Abbott signed into law on Friday, places at risk the health of groups like organ transplant recipients, cancer patients, and those with underlying conditions as common as severe asthma. While it was being considered at the Capitol, the bill drew Republican opposition, including that from State Senator Kelly Hancock of Fort Worth, who takes immunosuppressants for a kidney transplant. Not only are people with underlying conditions more vulnerable to contracting COVID, they're also much more at risk for developing debilitating cases of long COVID. This law is a perfect example of Republican lawmakers dismissing our most vulnerable fellow Texans, putting them at ever greater risk in their efforts at political theater. Finally today, the New York Times takes on a question progressive Texans probably wrestle with ourselves on occasion, what it means to be a Texan. J. David Goodman, Edgar Sandoval, and Robert Gebelhoff at the Times are mainly talking 
economics and demographics here, and they find that indeed the answer to that question has transformed dramatically. Writing that with the current population of over 30 million, Texas is increasingly shaping the cultural and political direction of the country at large. Our economy is one of the largest in the world and is growing faster than the national economy as a whole. Demographically, the Times notes our growing Hispanic population with native birth rates now outpacing other groups. Texas also leads the nation in the growth of our black population, surpassing Georgia and Florida. And our notorious draw for expats from other states, which the Times notes doesn't impact our demographic makeup as much as other states due to the fact that there are already so many Texans to merge with. And our politics which are gradually becoming more progressive. Democrats have seen margins of defeat in longtime Republican strongholds shrink and continue to strengthen their hold on Texas's major cities and influence in areas with large numbers of Texas-born Hispanics. Now, make no mistake there, Texas's Hispanics are not by any measure a monolithic voting block, and these demographic changes alone will not guarantee wins for progressives, even as polls have found that a growing number of non-white voters may be up for grabs. We have to continue to build and share our worldview of inclusion, compassion, fairness, and opportunity for all. Great read on a Texas changing for the better from the New York Times in the show notes. As we close, note the tickets have gone on sale for both of our Progress Texas holiday parties. These are fun fundraising events and a great opportunity to meet and mingle with progressive office holders, candidates, activists, and advocates. Great networking and a lot of fun. Our Austin holiday party happens on Friday, December 1st, and our Dallas holiday party will happen Wednesday, December 6th. We'd love to see you at one or both. See the show notes for links to grab your tickets and there are bigger sponsorship opportunities as well. And that's the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch for this Tuesday, November 14th, 2023. Links to all these original stories can be found in our show notes. Progress Texas is a nonprofit media organization promoting progressive messages and actions. While campaigns come and go, we're the permanent home for rapid response media and messaging in the Lone Star State. If you're enjoying our podcast, an easy way to get active is to share our podcast feed with a friend. And please consider making a donation to help us continue our important work at ProgressTexas.org. I'm Chris Mosier. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, and we'll see you again tomorrow morning.